Hello and welcome to this next episode of the Forever Athletic Podcast with me, Coach Ian Wood. It's Q&A time this week and I am recording this quite a lot later in the day than I normally would do. So if you don't mind me, I'm just going to crack on with the first question, but I am still going to get all the questions done because I'm dedicated to getting these Q&As out every single week. So into first question from Sue, one of my lovely in-person slash online clients. We have a session a week. It's always one of the most fun sessions of my week. And her question is how to increase your VO2 max after injury. So for the people who don't have kind of context and know what a VO2 max, your VO2 max is the maximum amount of oxygen your body can absorb and use during exercise. So it's kind of a measure of your kind of maximum fitness level, the relative intensity that you can work out. There are two ways you can measure it or record it. So there's absolute VO2 max, which is the amount of oxygen you can breathe in in liters per minute and use. Or there's the relative VO2 max, which is the same, but relative to your body weight. So divided by your body weight. The Apple Watch, and I'm just saying this because I know, Sue, you use an Apple Watch. The Apple Watch uses the relative VO2 max. And because it does have that body weight element in there, that does mean that you can, in theory, improve your VO2 max without doing any fitness work, but just by losing weight. So that's one way that you can do it. But in kind of realistic terms, that's not actually a measure measure of your kind of general fitness and your aerobic fitness, which is the thing that I think you're actually interested in. So if you just think about VO2 max as a whole, and if you want to increase it in what I'd say is slightly more true fashion with true being in the little air quotes, um, you'll probably want to do some sessions along the lines of being interval based, something in the ballpark of three to four minutes on. I know you're into running, but this could be something that you do on a bike. It could be on any piece of cardio kit in the gym, but it's going to be something like three to four minutes on a higher intensity and two to four minutes off. There's lots of variables in there. I'm not going to prescribe anything specific. This is going out very generally, but essentially the on interval where you're working hard needs to be long enough to get your heart rate up towards the maximum of your aerobic limits, the, the highest work that you can do whilst you are still using your aerobic energy system. And then the rest short, uh, the rest short enough that you don't fully recover in between. So you're always starting from a slightly elevated heart rate so that on the following interval, you can do the three to four minutes of work pretty much at the limit that you need to be straight away. That would be the sort of session that would have a really big impact on improving your VO2 max because it's going to be getting you right up to that VO2 max, exposing you to that amount of intensity, that amount of work, and your body will adapt to that and get better at it over time. But this does come with a slight caveat, which is that if your general aerobic fitness is poor and you don't have a big aerobic base, those sessions aren't going to be very effective because you're going to be hitting that limit very, very soon because you're not going to be able to control your heart rate and it's going to pop over into anaerobic and that sort of thing. So those interval sessions, when we are doing them, they should constitute around 20% of your total endurance training in terms of time. And then the remaining 80% of your endurance training should be done in what we call zone two, which is 60 to 70% ish of your maximum heart rate. So you need to first know what your maximum heart rate is and then work at 60 to 70% ish of that. I say ish because it does vary person to person, but again, that's just a good little rule of thumb to work with. That is just going to be the sort of intensity where you are truly aerobic. Everything is ticking over just on the heart and lungs. None of your muscles are the limiting factor. And that's going to improve your aerobic base, which is going to be the foundation that you can build your intervals on top of. If you don't have that foundation, those intervals aren't going to be as effective. So those would be the things I would recommend 
to help increase your view to a max, whether that's after injury or not. It's going to be the same thing either way. Okay, on to second question. This is from Karolinka. I have a gym membership to a nice gym. I go often with good intentions, but always skip the gym and just go straight to the spa instead. How can I get myself started with some actual workouts? So for this one, what I would do is just make the first step easier. Don't think about going in and doing the full, most perfect workout. Just focus on taking an action and accept that that action doesn't have to be and probably won't be perfect. So I'm talking about imperfect action here. So this would be along the lines of go in, do five minutes of stretching in the gym, come out, go to the spa, normal routine. Do that for, say, two to three times for a week or two, something like that. Once you started doing that regularly, and that's not a problem, you're quite happy with that bit of the gym, go in, do the same thing, five-ish minutes of stretching, then maybe five to ten minutes on cardio piece of kit that you might enjoy using, whether it's treadmill, bike, cross trainer, whatever. Do that again two to three times for a couple of weeks, get comfortable with that. Then add on top a few bodyweight exercises, that sort of thing, and just build the habit of actually going into the facility and then going into the gym, specifically doing a little bit of something and then doing the thing that you really, really enjoy. And then once you kind of get over that hurdle, build that routine, realize that it's not that scary, it's not that bad, it's actually quite enjoyable, especially when you've done it and you've kind of kept a promise that you've made to yourself. That's a really good way to get yourself up and running. So make your first step easier, focus on action, accept it doesn't have to be perfect. And just think that imperfect action is where everybody has to start off with. Okay, and then third and final question, actually, this week. This is from Ollie. So this is a very specific question, and I like it. Currently, half term, and I struggle to get to the gym in this time with the kids around. Is it worth trying to get some home workouts in, or will they be too low intensity compared to my normal strength workouts? Thanks. I'll give you uh, an answer, and then you are welcome. So... First things first, something is always better than nothing. And in this sort of scenario, even if it's just doing kind of your regular warm-up routine and just taking your joints through a nice full range of motion, getting your heart rate up a little bit, just moving yourself a little bit more than you might do, there's always going to be benefit to that on top of doing absolutely nothing. So something is always better than nothing. But at the same time, often a week off is not going to impact your progress at all, really, as long as you get back to the routine again once half the term is over. Sometimes you even lift better when you come back from a week off, even if it's unscheduled due to being fully rested, you're just ready and raring to go. And you also that little bit extra psyched for your session compared to before when maybe you just took it for granted because just in that weekly, uh, weekly routine and when you've not had that weekly routine and you're just so really ready to get back for it, those first sessions back, they're always really good. They're always really fun and you're just ready to get after it, that sort of thing. So in both ways, doing nothing can be really positive and doing something that is a little bit more than nothing can be really positive as well. If you do go for the training at home route, because I'm going to say that there's basically no right or wrong answer to this, both of them are fine. It's just do what you think is best for you and what you want to do. But if you are training at home with kind of body weight or minimal kit and you are already a very strong person, things like pauses and tempos in the repetitions of the reps that you are doing are your friends. So that could be um, like doing press-ups with slow lowers and then when you get to that bottom position, maintaining tension and holding it for a second or two and then pressing up. That way, the intensity of those movements, even though the weight and the load isn't huge, the time and the tension is going to be much, much higher and it will have more of a benefit in that way rather than doing a million reps of everything, which sometimes isn't very rewarding, especially if you're very used to doing heavier workouts in the maybe one to eight sort of rep range, that sort of thing. Um, 
Also things like single arm and single leg in particular. So if you're a very strong squatter or deadlifter, doing things like body weight squats isn't necessarily going to be that much of a stimulus for you for those sessions. But doing things like pistol squats, supported pistol squats, those sorts of things, they can up the intensity quite a lot without having need without having the need for significant external load and those sorts of things. And I've just put a little note on the end. The, fact, the last little thing I put next to this question was, if I could have just a few bits of kit at home to help me do just a few workouts if I was really strapped for time. And this is something that I was thinking about, obviously, in the lockdowns and what's the first sort of bits of kits that we're going to get in. The first thing I got, and I had somewhere to hang them up with, was a set of gymnastic rings. So if you could have something set up at home, like a pull-up bar and some rings, the things that are always hardest to do when you're doing home workouts is to do some solid pulling work, particularly if you're a strong person. So having that pull-up bar is going to be really useful. Pull-ups are always going to be good. They're always going to be relatively high intensity. And then some rings can really increase the intensity of horizontal pressing it can give you lots of different setups for single leg work single arm work rows those sorts of things as well um so i think once you've got a pull-up bar and some rings at home just as a minimal piece of kit that you could just have set up in the garden totally out of the way there is a ton of stuff that you can do that's going to be really really useful as an already strong person slash everyday athlete okay those are my three questions for this week hopefully those answers are useful for you and for some other people listening if you are interested in working with me just make sure you check out www.coachianwood.com there'll be loads of information on there and i've just updated the website so it'd be really nice if a few of you looked at it um and maybe just saw the work that i put into it because i put a lot of work into it and i'm quite proud of it recently um otherwise i will see you in the next episode